Hi, you're listening to Go See a Show, New York City's independent theater podcast. A different kind of episode today because this discussion isn't about a particular production, but rather what the producers call a performance series, which is a very apt description. And it's a unique kind of thing, too. The first time I attended, after which I recorded this interview, I was immediately struck by the sense of community that erupted among all that were in attendance. And I was reminded that, at least in my opinion, there is no better way to experience art than live and in person. With that, let's get to this discussion of Feast, a performance series, with the series producers as well as several artists from the January 2019 Feast. Take a listen. So we like to start with everyone's name on the mic, and this is going to be a little weird and meta because you're going to hear both of the most current Gosia show hosts on the mic right now. Um, I'm the host, Robert Gagno, but I also have with me Correspondent Alex Randrup. Brilliant. Uh, and you are what on this show? I am one of the two curators and producers of Feast, a performance series. We also have with us Conrad Cluck. And what did you do? I am the other curator and producer for Feast, a performance series. And we're at the particular January 2019 Feast performance series with a couple of the artists who participated. So let me know who you are and what you made as part of Feast. Uh, hi, I'm Daniela Caggiano and I directed Cayenne's play Variable Rates of Kindness. Hi, I'm Cayenne and I wrote that play. <laughs> My name is Gavin Myers and I made a new piece called Dig the Beat, which is a three-part series about popcorn. <laughs> As you do. So um, this is, like, I love that this is kind of what the jam is here, that there are several pieces of art in varying stages of development, presented as part of an evening at Under St. Mark's with alcohol and snacks, and as every piece of theater should be. So um, I'm going to start with uh, with y'all, like the curators, and tell me about where Feast started and what the impetus was to make this performance series. Uh, well, Conrad came to me a few years ago because he had done... Um, like a reading series, a more traditional play reading series, and totally burned out as artists do when they take on large projects with big dreams and then there's kind of no foundation um, and it's always easier to do it with other people. So we were like, what are we gonna make? And we decided that there are a lot of play readings in this world already um, and we were interested in kind of the space where different performance-based disciplines could be in dialogue with each other and share space and process together and, you know, create new collaborations and stuff like that. Um, so we kind of wanted to do more of like a, a more broad performance series. Also with the idea, the one issue I had with the, the reading series that I produced by myself, aside from the burnout, which was a big part of it, is that the after the series was done, a lot of audience members would come up and ask me, like, what's next for these pieces? And I had nothing to tell them. I said, it's really up to the artists at that point, uh, the playwrights and the directors. Maybe they'll work on it. Maybe they'll workshop it again. Maybe they'll continue. Um, and none of those pieces, ultimately, to my knowledge, ended up going anywhere beyond that reading series. Uh, it was just one weekend. And uh, that was something that just really bummed me out, just the, the thought of doing art without it having to, to put all that work in and to not get it, have it have a second life or have it have a further life. Um, so that's something that we really wanted to put our focuses on when we started talking about what fees should be, is really base it around work in progress, work that's growing, work that's changing, so that even if it doesn't necessarily 
go somewhere and that it gets you know a full run somewhere in a downtown theater, um, it still is part of the development process and it definitely has a momentum behind it. And we can sometimes add to that momentum by giving this opportunity. And how do you find the people who are going to be part of any given feast? Um, a, a lot of them, especially in the first season, were just people we knew. It was very much um, kind of shaking the trees of our, our various networks and seeing who was interested and who was excited. Yeah. And then kind of slowly over time, we've had people reach out to us, which is like uh, the coolest feeling in the world. <laughs> um, and then the, the community kind of grows. We've met artists through artists. Cayenne came to a feast, and we started talking at the picnic table at the Grafton, mm -hmm. and now she's developed work with us twice. Um, Gavin, and, too, also came and saw a show, and we started talking at the, at the Grafton. So it's yeah. there's an organic, mo uh, an organic build to it as people come and see work and say, oh, you know, I've got this really exciting piece, and that like it excites us to see people get that excited. Yeah. I was stoked to hear that when you introduced the evening you said like hey don't forget to come for a nightcap with us uh -huh. after the show and talk with other artists mm -hmm. and it sounded very much like you were inviting any artists that were in the audience to be part of your community that was a really cool like welcoming yeah yeah we definitely like one of the things we wanted to put a high priority on, priority on is um trying to create some kind of like community base uh, for our artists to be able to come back and continue developing a project or develop something new or just like have a home base to touch upon when they're home from grad school. Um, uh, but also like, you know, art can't exist without art lovers and the mm -hmm. people in the audience. And, and that is like, those both of those spaces are just as important. So we wanted to make sure this community felt like a place where people could come just like soak it in if that's all they need this month. Yeah, and that's one of the fun things about a variety show too, is every show is so different. Yeah. And so from an audience perspective, you know, you can come and see, say, oh, it was just a month ago, if it was just a reading series again, and it was just play reading after play reading after play reading, that can get very tiresome very quickly. And you might not come every month, um, and there aren't a lot of people that come every month to Feast, but there are some, there are a few, and they come, most yeah, if not every month yeah and it's always something fun and exciting and it's you know a little bit eclectic and just a mix of things they're all very different pieces that we just saw this yeah. evening uh speaking of let's get to a, a few of those pieces so we have a uh, i guess for lack of a better term a straight play uh that seems self-contained talk to me about the piece uh again Variable Rates of Kindness, yes. was that the right? So, so in variable, variable Rates of Kindness, it's a two-hander, it seems self-contained. Talk to me a little bit about like where this piece came from and do you have dreams for the piece beyond this? Should it expand? Uh, what, like what was the thought and why put it, this is the, this is the key, the linchpin here, why put it in Feast? Ah, um, well, in terms of how I, I, I'm in grad school right now, and we had to write a 10 minute play, and I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to write on, so I started looking up prompts, and I think there was something, um, the piece is about sort of two people, one who was bullied as a child, um, and the person, the bully, reuniting in sort of a chance encounter. Um, and that's basically kind of what the prompt was, like bully, reuniting. Um, so I started writing it, and then I also did a Facebook post, like who has bullying stories and people like flooded in with their stories like eager to talk about it except this one person who was actually my bully she bullied me in uh middle school and she was like hey Kai and she private messaged me like you have a lot of people wanting to talk about their bullying experiences would you like to hear 
from the other side because she knows what she did. Wow. Yeah. That's intense. Yeah. So I hadn't talked to, I almost said her name. I hadn't talked to her (laughs) in uh, many years. And uh, we had a three-hour phone conversation. And I think the piece got um, more fruitful because of our conversation. She had told me that part of the reason that she was a bully um, to me was like at home she was being bullied by her parents and just, she just thought that was like a natural way to operate. Uh, so that really hooked me into to the story more. Um, I, I think it's pretty okay as a short play. I don't, I don't have dreams of expanding this particular piece any further. And then why Feast? Because I, I love Alex and Conrad. I love presenting here. They just make it so easy for the artist to be able to it's just a yes and constantly um and and also that community aspect like the nightcap afterwards it just feels like a warm hug to be able to present here you know um and I was eager again to just to connect with my New York community after um being being away yeah and directing a, a short piece, like a little bite-sized morsel like this, is this, so, have you all worked together before? Is this a, a... So actually the very first time we worked together was the last time we did Feast. Oh, nice. Um, and it's turned into a blossoming, like, relationship of art making, correct? Exactly. Uh, that's we, what I was we've, hoping we've to hear. We've since done many things together. We did a drama league residency this past summer. Oh, snap. Yeah. We're developing a musical. A, a, a musical about, uh, yeah, beer brewing, uh, which musical, basically. And Danielle came to visit me. We went to Salem. And that's when I was like, hey, do you want to direct this play? I hope Maybe. you all have seen A Brief History of Beer here at Under St. Mark's. I have not. No. Come back. Okay. Is it still running? I hope it's still running. Anyway, uh, yeah, yeah, total cross promotion. <laughs> right, but okay. yeah, another monthly series at Under St. Mark's, unless it's ended. It might be ended by this point, but okay. oh, I'll scratch that part if it's. <laughs> ended. Uh, but yeah, no, that's amazing. Yeah, a musical about beer. About uh, women who brewed beer and how their image got tied to the archetype of of witch. All women used to brew beer. I know. Like brewing was a women's art. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. it's it was. called Brewsters. That's amazing. That's but I, I interrupted Danielle. Oh, no, no, no. It's no, fine. I interrupted as well. Okay. <laughs> I got excited about beer. Yeah, yeah. So it, it felt really right to um, to come back together as a team since this is actually like the space in which we first started collaborating together. Um, and also, I was excited to have the opportunity to like snatch her during her winter break um, because now we're like long distance. And it's sad. <laughs> Long distance, Long creative distance collaborating. BFFs. Yeah. yeah. And that the, when we presented uh, Luscious Lips last time at Feet last year, that piece did go on to um, Dixon Place afterwards. Nice. Yeah. Beautiful. And both of the actors who were in it were here tonight in the audience, which is really nice. Yes. And actually, I met Gavin like, I don't know, about eight months ago? Six, Something eight. like that. Yeah. And like instantaneously just like loved, loved him. And I was <laughs> so, but I had never seen his work so I mean I just the community thing look at this like brilliantly organic transition I love it (laughs) Uh, so so Gavin you started off the night uh, with a dance piece and as a dance moron I had a blast watching this because it was so much it was so storytelling centric yes uh, and that's a big part of like what I enjoy about being in the theater and whenever I've seen dance it's it's when it's really got a story basis to it that I dig it dance loves to be so abstract And I honestly love that about dance. I grew up doing music theater professionally, and so I learned so many storylines with so many character archetypes. And I found out that the best way for 
myself to be included in contemporary dance was to really allow my own dance to have the stories that I naturally find. And luckily, thanks Kansas, you gave me a ton to work with, but the stories of everyday life are so interesting. And that's how this piece came to be. Dig the Beat is, um, the phrase itself is from an old college professor that I adore. Um, if you like something, you can dig the beat. Um, and there is a beat to everything. So you really like popcorn. I Oh my God, I love <laughs> popcorn. It's amazing. Um, this, the whole piece. Dig the popcorn dig, beat. The popcorn beat, yeah, exactly, because right. you can find um, a beat in anything. Uh, there was one night where I was making popcorn for my boyfriend and I, and we were just, um, I closed the door and I walked and I put the uh, mic microwave popcorn into the microwave and I pushed the little popcorn button and I was listening to all the popcorn pop. And I was like, I found a beat, a natural rhythm inside of it. And I found out that I was having so much fun dancing in my living room that I was like, can I make this bigger? And then I thought about the different alleyways that this could be perceived. Um, what's inside the microwave? Um, what happens if you eat too much popcorn? And those became the first, second, and third pieces. Um, first, excitement for popcorn out of boredom. And then uh, Pepper, the popcorn kernel, the sweet little lovable nut who ends up dying. That was um, so much fun to watch. <laughs> good, good. Um, sh that came from my best friend. Uh, sh we were just sitting on the couch eating popcorn, of course. And I was like, hey, question, do you love Disney? And she was like, yeah, duh. And I was like, cool, perfect. Um, are you willing to be a voice that I just kind of came up with? And so she became Pepper, and her oh, name is Maddie she... White, and I love her to death. Oh, that's amazing. I was, I thought maybe it was you, like, you oh, know, voiced over and I'm processed. talented, but I am not that kind of talented. Oh, because yeah, mm. the voice was wonderful. Yeah, thank you, really thank cool. you. I did I was going to compliment your sound editing skills, uh, but you can, ex I can in instead, like, express gratitude to your friend. Yes, for doing oh, the voiceover. and amazing. she's absolutely talented. Um, more about her later. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so we came up with this little script. Um, I learned a ton about popcorn. And I, it was just, it came so naturally. And then the editing of the pieces, uh, the music itself was super simple because it truly became just what I feel a Disney archetype is. Um, something that is wonderfully innocent and then has a very tragic death that everybody really enjoys. You know, I mean, you see the circumstance of it and it's just popcorn. It, it was beautifully dark. <laughs> Thank and I you. Loved it. Thank <laughs> you. It was just, I, I love the, Again, you, you kind of alluded to this, but the, the quotidian nature of this idea of like, how do I find a dance in popcorn? Yes. The sonic, like this, the, the, the sound of it, the soundscape it creates. I love the reaction of the audience when we heard the popping of the popcorn. This is so much fun. It's, uh, my hope was that the audience would fall so much in love with Pepper that when Pepper died, it would be so tragic. <laughs> But then you go into the third piece and you see that these two friends have finished the bag of popcorn and they're too full. So at that point, it justifies Pepper's death for me because you're like, oh my God, they're too full. They ate Pepper. Like, it's their fault. It's their fault. This they did come this. Up and exactly. But at the same time, I mean, it's just popcorn. So like dog eat dog, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> so um, one final question for the, the creators here. like. You you mentioned that this maybe doesn't go on. This particular piece itself uh, does not move on, but your collaboration, it sounds like, has blossomed and only strengthens by doing something like this, right? Like, what what's next for y'all? 
Well, Cayenne's going back to school. (laughs) (laughs) And Um, hopefully writing you more sweet stuff to direct. I sure hope so. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think that, like, this this, uh, creative relationship is one that will always, always continue to go on. Brewsters is something that we've really been developing a lot. As Danielle mentioned, the Drama League residency, we might have another development opportunity this summer, which, we can't, which we can't talk about yet. Um, but And on that piece, uh, Danielle also like knows a lot about witch culture. It's so, true. Yes. I, I'm like a, I know a lot about the history of witchcraft, actually. Um, my thesis play at the new school was a Carol Churchill play called Vinegar Tom, which is also about a witch trial. So all that knowledge is still in here. <laughs> yeah. So I think that even the writer-director relationship has also shifted it in that piece. She's also like sort of working as like a dramaturg on that as well. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm constantly writing. <laughs> That's what I do. And I will always reach out to Daniela. She's available. She's a big time director. I don't know. <laughs> um, hey, what about for you, Gavin? Um, so I am hoping that in 2020 I can uh, have a full show about food. And so this will be one of Holy the pieces cow, really? that's inside of it. Are yes. there other food shows? Oh, um, so so far, so far, not yet. Not yet. Um, so but this is one of the, the first pieces. Oh, yes. Okay. Um, I am obsessed with food. Uh, for a while in college, I was working on a double major and I had a triple minor and I was kind of bored with my life. And so I decided to make a YouTube series called Gavin's Kitchen in which I took a couple hours and I just, every couple of days, I would cook new food. And I learned a lot of different cooking techniques and I fell in love with certain types of food in a comedic way. Um, And so I want to go through those and expand on that. And so I'll get something about like filet mignon or like how does broccoli really make me feel? You know, things like that. Um, And then make it into a full show, which will be slightly comic, but also since it's contemporary dance, people will go with the expectation of being like, oh yes, dark deep thoughts about food. And I'll be like, actually, pepper dies. And that's like the gag. (laughs) (laughs) And for the curators, I hope I, I can just look at you both and you're both kind of holding your chins and you're just like, oh my God, we brought these people together and made this happen. This is so freaking cool. And that's how you should feel. I hope that's what you're feeling right now, right? Yeah, very much. Yeah. Okay, good. I'm always very proud because, I mean, these artists always show up like every single month. It's a new batch of three humans and then all of their cohorts who are just like here to freaking kill it. Yeah. and. Uh, that means a different thing for every artist, but like especially after a month or so, maybe more of communicating with them about what they're trying to do um, and how we can support it. Like y- you see how much they're filling up the space and and taking advantage of it, and it's really, really awesome. It's an exciting moment. The uh, uh, two artists came up who have both come through separately came up to me, and I'll leave them nameless just to let it be a mystery still, but they came up and said, we're working on a piece together now, and we want to talk about coming back to Feast. And so it's those, those moments where you start seeing these orbits come together. And we've had a couple artists before who, who did work separately and then came back, and it's just such a great moment. And it just adds that feeling of community, mm-hmm. which um, on a personal note, I've just always like felt a little frustrated with, with a lack of that actual feeling in New York. People talk a lot about the theater community, but to actually feel the communal aspect of it and that connection. Um, I'm just really grateful that, that the artists and the audience have been so responsive to Feast and have, like, they're the reason. We just provide this opportunity, but if the people hadn't responded the way they had, Feast wouldn't be what it is now. Mm-hmm. I think we're all thankful that you're making that space for the community. So thank you to all of you for brilliant work tonight. Thank you 
to feast for continually feasting. Uh, <laughs> feast is a monthly performance series at Under St. Mark's first Monday, correct? Yep. Correct. 7 p.m. Mm -hmm. correct. And tickets and more information about future feasts can be found at www.feastperformance.com. Brilliant. Thank you all so much for doing this. And uh, best of, like, I don't want to say that word, that L word, but like, Break legs Best in future iterations yes. of whatever Thank goes you. on Thank here, you. and uh, yeah, keep keep crushing the feasts, y'all. Thanks Thank for you. coming. Thanks for coming. Let's go Thank to the you. Yeah. 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 Thanks, wow, that was fun. Indeed, it was. Thank you, Alex, Conrad, Gavin, Cayenne, and Daniela, for hanging out after the performance to chat. You can catch Feast, a performance series, on the first Monday of every month at Under St. Mark's, 94 St. Mark's Place in Manhattan. Head to feastperformance.com for links to tickets and to keep abreast of what you can feast on each month. Thanks to you for listening into the podcast. If you dig it, please like it on Facebook, facebook.com slash go see a show. Follow at go see a show on Twitter and rate and or comment on the show's Apple Podcasts page. My name is Robert A.K. Gagno. You can find me on the internet at Robert Gagno, G-O-N-Y-O dot com. Until next time, go see a show. All shows <laughs> should end with beers. Yes. All of them. <laughs>